Welcome, everybody, to She's All Booked, a podcast for book lovers and avid readers. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Alex. We're two cousins who are also best friends who love to read. Yeah. Chat about and analyze. Sometimes overanalyze. The books we're currently reading. Sometimes we're on the same page. And sometimes our pages differ. But either way, we always have an opinion about what we've read. By the way, we're real people with real families. So you may hear cats, dogs, birds, babies, or husbands. So enjoy the bonus material. Now let's get booked. Booked. listeners stick around at the end of this episode for some bloopers and bonus content hey 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 listeners if you're enjoying our podcast please give us a five-star review on apple spotify or your preferred streaming service to help us reach more listeners and spread the word about our podcast before we get started we want to include some trigger warnings this book and the following discussion may put you to sleep so please be aware of that before you proceed and don't read while operating heavy machinery don't read anything while operating heavy machinery. Uh, but also, there's death and violence. Yes. And also, this is just a reminder that we will have a non-spoiler discussion first, and then we'll announce when we'll be getting into the spoiler portion of our discussion, so that if you haven't read the book yet, you can dip and come back to us later. <laughs> skip, skip and dip. Skip and dip. <laughs> or, or hang around and dazzle your friends and pretend you read it. <laughs> Hey. Hi. (laughs) So what are you uh, snacking on today? Are you snacking? Uh, I'm not snacking. I'm just drinking. So I have a tea, my lemon tea, as usual. Yes, your Uh, lemon loaf. I I love my lemon loaf tea. (laughs) It satisfies that, you know, I need my dessert. Mm. Whim, I guess. Whim? Whim? Craving. Whim. Yeah, whatever. And then I also have water. What do you got? Nice. I have a seltzer homemade it's just plain i didn't put any uh flavoring in it and i have my water with my liquid iv and i am not snacking but right before we got on zoom i was eating some toast with oh me too raspberry jam nice raspberry jam nice yeah uh i had a layer of cream cheese and on top of that i had uh avocado Mm. and then i had um my everything seasoning yes you gotta Um, have that and i had a little baby arugula on top of that yeah, wow, very fancy. healthy, very fancy. Yeah, very fancy. It wasn't the, the arugula arugula that I like. I like the little tiny tiny arugula. You know what I'm talking about? No, a little like <laughs> tiny one with this like I don't know with the stems and all right. Well, you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's good if you find it. It looks kind of like cilantro, but okay. it's arugula. Interesting. Um, but I like that one on top. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wanted. I only to... have the big leaf arugula. I've only ever seen that one. I wanted to put an egg on top too, but I was very lazy and didn't feel like making it. Okay. <laughs> I want you guys, yeah. I want you guys to know uh, that me and Alex, again, were talking for at least an hour yeah. uh, before we decided to record. So, yeah, almost venting, an hour exactly, actually. <laughs> venting, she's all advice again. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that happens. So, yeah. <laughs> we might be all snack talked out. <laughs> but I will. I will say. Yeah, you have an update for me. Yes. So just to go, because, you know, we re- reviewed Britney. You know how we feel about Britney in this 
a little realm here. So I just wanted to say that there's a Brit and Justin feud going on and not even between the two of them, mm -hmm. between oh. the fans. So oh. Justin, if you don't know, came out with a new song. Did you hear about this? I did see that. It's called Selfish or Selfless, something like right. that. No, he's not selfless. He's selfish. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I did hear a snippet of it. It sounds like it's a good song. Okay. I'll give him that. Uh, I didn't run and download it or anything because I'm bitter. But okay. fans, Britney fans are hilarious. Okay. So Brit has uh, a song called Selfish. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you know it that they paid to promote that song and have it at number one. So Justin's Selfish is number two. So Britney's Selfish is currently at number one. Old song. Just okay. a random song on one of her albums. Number one to stick it to Justin's Selfish, which is sitting at number two. <laughs> now, they couldn't compete with the video because there was never a music video made for her Selfish video, um, her selfish song. So wouldn't you know it? <laughs> they made a video? <laughs> no, no. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> no. But his Selfish was at number one, his music video. But now it sits at number two because... Oops, I did it again. It's sitting at number one. Okay. Because they did it again. I just can't. I think it's hilarious, the savagery that goes on with the fans just being petty. And I'm here for it. That is super petty, but also super hilarious. And what an impact that they've had. You, so good for can, them. Can you imagine? I mean, there's no way on earth he doesn't know that this is taking place. Because yeah. he, instead of them being like, look, Justin, you're number two. because And he'll be like, who's number one? <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> Britney's not making new music <laughs> she doesn't need to <laughs> just saying yeah so the Britney community is coming for Justin's comeback so oh, that's, that's all interesting yeah I thought it was fun to talk about I did see randomly on the news for some reason that Justin's wife Jessica Beale was apparently she made a TikTok or something talking about how she eats in the shower and I have so many questions about this. A, why? Why are we doing this? B, how does it work? C, it has to be disgusting. Like it has to taste disgusting. She said the key is to chew with your mouth fully closed. I was like, who, how do you, how do you do yeah. that? Also no, like, for people like with allergies. Yeah. And like people with allergies like me, I can't always breathe through my nose. I feel like I would just suffocate in the shower trying to eat for some reason in the shower. I don't know. It's weird. No, number one, it doesn't seem sanitary. Number two, why would you ever admit to that? <laughs> she she felt the need to get on TikTok and announce it to the world. But I don't know. Jessica, we don't care how Jessica Beale eats her meal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, sorry, no, not sorry. <laughs> also, um, eating anything in the shower is just absolutely borderline disgusting. As far as I'm concerned, I'm going to judge that. Um, I don't know. It's not I just really. I sort of seen the point. Like, are you so busy that you don't have time to eat like some crackers when you're not yeah, in the but shower? Just Jessica Beale probably has like shakes. She probably doesn't even eat. So she's probably just like reaching out and drinking her shake while she's showering. I don't know. I still think that's weird, but she specifically said chewing. So I don't know. Is she I don't know, unless she's chewing some she's chewing her shake. What whatever's in the shake. Maybe a piece of avocado or some blueberries, chunks. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's not cute. Um, and she has children, and I feel like that doesn't set a good example to the kids. But it reminds it reminds me so much of you. Remember the movie Deuce Bigelow? Yes. Right, Rob yeah, Schneider, Rob Schneider playing yeah. Rob Schneider. Uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider as a carrot. Rob Schneider is a Wall Street executive with everything going for him. Only problem is he 
she's about to become a carrot. No, Rob Schneider is in that. If you've never seen it, it's it's like a, a comedy classic. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, there's that one guy, like his quote, you know, man pimp or whatever it is. And he, he sits and eats all the time whenever they're in the hot tub. They're both in the hot tub all the time having conversations for some reason. And he's always eating things and they're always dropping into the water. It's of the hot tub. It's so it nasty. So disgusting. He's eating a sandwich and a tomato falls out and it's like floating near Ew. Rob Schneider. And then he's eating ice cream and it's falling into it. Ew. Why wouldn't you just get out of the hot? I'd be like, all right, I'm done. I'll see you later. Enjoy yeah. your weird food bath. <laughs> yeah, that's what that reminds me of. And that ain't cute. Not a good look, yeah. Jess. Not yeah. a good look. It's weird. Mm-mm. Also, yeah. I, I didn't pre- I didn't see this one, but once again, for some reason, it was on the news. Uh, Reese Witherspoon made some type of drink using snow, which I think is fine if you want to do that. If it's you know untouched snow, but people were apparently very upset about this, and that's all the detail I have. It was some type of chocolate, chocolate like slushy type drink that she made. Honestly, it sounded good. It's probably like a frozen hot chocolate type of situation. I mean, I'm not gonna go run out and get snow from my yard that my yeah. dogs were running around in and put it in there. I'm sure no. it was untouched or whatever, but... Yeah, I would assume you have to use untouched snow, right? That would be disgusting if it's like, oh, I'll get the one with the dog print in it. <laughs> I'm ill. I mean... I get the yellow one. Ew! <laughs> I mean, this could go either way. You know, like, I feel like that's gross. It go- It's gross. But at the same time, at least she's, you know, being economical <laughs> and recycling the earth. I don't know. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Although, e- either way, I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Who also, cares? who cares? Go live your life. Make your thing. Eat but in the shower. Pe- I don't care. People what are going to make a, people are going to make a big deal out of anything. Look at like Drew Barrymore yeah. just running out in the rain being like, I love rain. Girls positive as shit. And they're like, what a weirdo. Leave I know. Drew alone. I know. If she likes the rain and she wants to film herself in the rain, who cares? Let her live her life. You know? All right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the bigger question is just kind of like, why are you posting this stuff online in the first place? And if you want to, that's fine. But why do people feel the need to comment on it? Like, just let them do what they do. Like, let them people live their lives. On everything. People have nothing better to do. It's they so don't annoying. have any drama in their own lives. Yeah. So they they invent drama uh, through, like, if anybody is on Twitter, I know it's called X now, but I'm still going to call it Twitter because X just sounds weird to me. It sounds so weird. Right? Yeah. Um, Side note too, um, some you know how you could subscribe to X. I think it's like eight dollars a month or something. Uh, mm-hmm. And some guy did that, and on his credit card statement, his wife seen X dot com, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Is this porn?" <laughs> it's like it's Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Why are you paying for Twitter?" But uh, Twitter, I swear, if you're ever bored, just go like browse on Twitter. It's fun, number one, because I mm-hmm. love looking at comment sections. You know this about me. Yeah. I live for the comment sections, you but do. people are the most savage there. Really? The most savage. I, 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 people say things that are just like, I can't even believe a person would imagine saying something like that. Wow, really? Yes. I'll see things and it'll be like, oh, this is blocked. Um, you know, at your own discretion, of course, I'm going to click it unless it's a picture because I want to see things. Um, right. But but I want to see what has, has people blocked. And half the time, it's really nothing bad. Yeah. But sometimes it'll be like super mean. And I'm just like... All right. Well, you're a big hero behind your keyboard, but would you yeah. have said that to that person in real life? I don't think so. That's how the whole internet is. People love to run their mouths or run their keyboards, but if you were <laughs> their keyboard mouths, <laughs> yeah. But if you ever met them in person, they wouldn't say shit. No way. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, little Frank, always Frank. 
But you know, little Frank is sitting in his basement, you know, with his glasses and his little uh, milkshake, and he's like, "I'll get you." You know, <laughs> uh, that also reminds me of South Park. Yeah. You remember when it was? Like, was it Kyle's dad being the troll online? It was. It wasn't was Randy. That? Was it Kyle's dad? Uh, why do remember. I feel like it's always Randy? I feel like but... everything with that is always Randy, but it might have been. I think been it was Kyle's ones. dad ran randomly this time. Okay. Uh, because Randy's too funny. Yeah, First that's whole, Randy would say it in person. <laughs> if they if they stopped like making it about the kids and just strictly about Randy, uh, that would be the best show ever. He's yeah. the best character on that show. Yeah, he's hilarious. I thought this was America. For what? Arresting me for what? I'm not allowed to stand up for myself? I thought this was America. Huh? Isn't this America? I'm sorry, I thought this was America. Uh, <laughs> stupid. I know. We, we love talking about South Park, and by we, I mean I. All the time. <laughs> it always comes up in conversation. I don't know why. You do bring up a lot. I know. <laughs> I haven't even watched any of the new ones. Have you? No, I haven't watched it in a while. I, I can't even remember the last season that I watched. I used to watch it, the new episode, every week when it came out, like on Wednesdays, I think it was. And then I just stopped. I don't have cable anymore, so that put a, a stop to it. But yeah, well, that, that, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they don't care. They zero Fs by them yeah. at all. And if you get upset, if like you're a celebrity looking at you, Kanye, that gets <laughs> upset about them saying anything, obviously they're coming for you. So yeah, like fish sticks in your mouth. What are you a gay fish there? Actually, did I ever tell you about the musical that they made Trey and Matt, Matt Stone and Trey, whatever his name is. The musical that's on Broadway. No. Book of Mormon. No. Oh. Um, hold on. I'm looking up the name. It's like Spadoinkle or something like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> hold on. I have to look it up. Oh, no. It's called Cannibal the Musical. Oh, no. Stop. It, there's a song that's like Spadoinkle something. It's the funniest, but you have to watch it. I think it's available on YouTube to watch when I, I think that's where I watched it a few years ago. Came out in 1993. My heart is full as a baked potato. I think I know precisely what I mean. When I say it's a spadoinkle day, when I say it's a happy go moinkle lucky spadoinkle day. It's freaking hilarious. You'll love it. You'll think it's hilarious, but the songs are amazing. I have them on a playlist and I listen to them once in a while. Their songs are always amazing. I know. Always. You're going to love it. Please watch it. <laughs> Wait, two things. One, uh, I'm disturbed that it's called Cannibal, the musical. That yeah, disturbs me. There's not a cannibal in it, though. I don't remember why it's called that. Yeah. All right. Secondly, uh, Doug, the other day when, you know, he plays Call of Duty with, with his friends and um, somebody, he said something. Uh, somebody was like, what should we do? And, he, and Doug was like, what what would Brian Bortano do? And if you've seen the <laughs> South Park movie, you yeah. know what that means. <laughs> what would Brian Bortano do if he was here right now? He said that there was a, a guy on the line that he doesn't really know that well that sang the entire thing. <laughs> as soon as he said that, he sang it word for word. He was like, I don't know how, guys, but I remember word for word for that. And everybody was like, okay. That's hilarious. The The world of gaming is so bizarre to me. But I think, so bizarre. I think it's so funny, too, because I always see these TikToks and Instagram posts about how bookish girls always date gaming guys. And I'm like, it's so true. Me and Jess both... We're the readers, they're the gamers, and it's yeah. true because we both sit there reading our book and they just play their game and talk about their weird stuff, and <laughs> and we just live harmoniously. I know. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, I did have my moment 
uh, I do like video games. I always did. Yeah. But I did have my moment where I was playing uh, Destiny, this game Destiny, okay. uh, with a couple of my friends. And mm -hmm. I used to do the headphone things. And I couldn't do it anymore. This was before I had jacks. Okay. Um, but, like, I couldn't do it anymore because I was up all night with yeah. these people. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I hate you people. I got to go. Like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Um, but like we would have straight up fun conversations. I mean, it would be all about just the engagement. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be like four of us literally hanging out. Yeah. So that's kind of, I guess, the vibe. That's what they're doing. They're that's... just hanging out. Let me tell you something. Rob sees his friends once or twice a year, but they talk all the time <laughs> playing their games. And like yeah. it's such a weird little friendship you have. And one of his friends he never even met in person. I told you about him. It was in Tennessee. And they've been friends for years. They met from gaming. And I'm just like, I don't know. And it's weird because he's very introverted like me. Like he's not out there like trying to make friends. So I'm like, yeah. how, do you, how did you make a friend in Tennessee? <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Uh, a girl I used to go to school with, a very cute story. Um, but she met somebody in Texas and they were playing, I don't know if it was Call of Duty or whatever game, but they were playing for years and years. And then finally, um, one of them was like, we should just meet each other. And then they met each other in person and they're like best friends that's awesome i mean that's <laughs> kind of cool yeah. you know but uh i don't know that's pretty wild yeah. to just have somebody that you've never met for like years and years and that's your best friends yeah like she said that they would talk on the phone and everything they were best friends and then finally they they met each other yeah um, and they hung out so it was a cute story yeah um, i think we it was like something in school where we had to share a story and i was just like loving her story as if it was some book yeah like, great <laughs> material yeah <laughs> great story I remember it, but yeah, gaming community is, is fun, but I just feel like the book community, we're a little more calm and the gaming community is a little more angry. <laughs> yeah. I hear time. He'll be like, God damn it. And I'm like, really? Not yeah. from the kid. Number one, you'll never, I'll never have my book and be like, God damn it. I might throw it. <laughs> I mean, I've done that. Yeah, I guess. Ver I, ver like, verbal, like, verbal anger versus physical anger. I don't know. That's well, as angry. you guys will find out in this book. You know, disappointed. Disappointed. Very disappointed, underwhelmed, and also, eh, who cares? I hate it. That's how I feel. All wrapped up in one. Yeah. Well, you know, let's get into our monthly horoscopes, and then we can talk about this book because I kind of just want to get the, this conversation over. I really didn't like this book, so yeah, we can. Same. I'll give you my thoughts on it, but let's do the horoscopes before I get angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was the very first like super disappointment of this year so far for me though. We'll get into that. Biggest disappointment. So I mean it's only January, but so far biggest disappointment of the year, one hundred percent for me. Yeah. All right. So it's our first season two book of the month, horoscopes. Yay. Uh as usual for our book of the month episode, we always start out with our monthly horoscopes to see what's in store for everyone in February. So we got these this time from bustle.com because you got a bustle. It's a hustle. I don't know. That's not a real thing. Anyway, we'll, we'll put we'll put the link in our show notes for anyone that would like more info. And we're going to assign each sign a personalized Valentine's Day treat to get everyone ready for the month of Louvre. Louvre. over commercialized holiday. Okay. <laughs> um, you should love your partners all the time. Yes. Let's start with our personal signs. So you guys may recall that I am a Taurus. And Alex is a Pisces. Yeah. So let's start off with my fellow Tauruses. Tauruses, where you at? Uh, once you start believing that you will succeed, others will too. Social invites are flying in this February. 
bringing opportunities to remind the world of who you are. Let your originality shine instead of shying away from the spotlight. Mercury shifts into idealistic Pisces all on February 23rd, challenging you to be optimistic about your goals without setting delusional expectations. Chasing your dreams will should uplift you. If you're feeling more anxious than satisfied, switch up your approach. All right, Tauruses, what's your Valentine's Day treat? Dark chocolate, you know, you know it. Dark chocolate lava cake. Yum, yum. yum. All right, this one's for my Pisces. So this February calls for much needed alone time. Yes, please. Explore the feelings you keep hidden from the world and don't feel guilty for putting yourself first. Rescheduling your plans to prioritize your well-being is admirable. When the sun energizes your zodiac sign on February 18th, you will feel inspired by life to emerge from your cocoon. Oh, okay. We'll see about that. However, (laughs) your relationships could invite more stress back into your life. Stop overcompensating for other people's lack of effort. Relationships are a two-way exchange. Mm. Okay. So your delightful Valentine's Day treat is cheesecake with some raspberry jam. Yum. Gotta have raspberry jam on cheesecake. Yeah. Raspberry jam all the time. Hell yeah. That's your jam? That's my jams. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Capricorns. Where my cappy caps at? Love yourself, Capricorn. Not just the neat and put together self you present to the world, but all the quirks you protect from others' judgment. Be proud of who you are rather than ashamed. There's no one in the world like you. When you're ready to embrace your uniqueness and think outside the box, breakthrough ideas for increasing your earnings will flood in. Believe in what's possible. A little more than the truth of your current reality. You can achieve anything you set your mind to. Capricorns, enjoy yourself some creme brulee this month. Yum. All right. Now it's time for... Aquarius, my Aquarius is, <laughs> where, where are you? All right. Always be your authentic self. Be courageous and outspoken. Dress in a way that feels liberating for you and don't be afraid to challenge the norm through your self-expression. As you develop your self-confidence, you must not judge other people who are at a different point in their journey. Long-term projects, agreements, and contracts are nearing completion. That's what she said. You will feel the pressure. <laughs> you will feel the pressure to tie up loose ends under the full moon in Virgo on February 24th. Think on your feet. And while you're doing that, get yourself some chocolate covered pretzels for you and your honey to celebrate mm-hmm. on Valentine's. Right. But more for you because sometimes you just have to hide those. That's all. <laughs> and to, uh, or you just eat them all in one sitting. That's it. I don't know. <laughs> Those are hard not to, uh, those are hard to pass up. That's all. Yeah. All right, Aries, a heart to heart with people who share your worldview. That's going to boost your momentum. So seek inspiration from your friends when you need encouragement or feel like giving up on your dreams. The fears and insecurities that hold you back will be easier to identify as the month progresses. Don't put pressure on yourself during Pisces season. (laughs) Prioritize rest and relaxation. When you reconnect with yourself, You'll discover how recent mental stress has affected you physically. Aries, enjoy yourself some of me and Alex's favorites, orange cranberry muffins. And I love those. Even better with a little glaze. That's mm, all. Yes. All right. Time for my Geminis. For February, your travel plans and personal goals are coming together. 
Through new educational and mind-expanding adventures, you will find yourself and deepen your understanding of others. Your worldview and belief system will evolve and you will see how your environment has restricted you. Pisces season arrives on February 18th, willing you to be a compassionate and inclusive leader. Be the change that you wish to see in the world. Working on yourself will inspire the people around you to do the same. And you could even get yourself some heart-shaped sugar cookies and maybe share them with those people that are in your life or with your other personality, whichever comes, (laughs) whichever is going to be available first. (laughs) Make sure you make, at least grab yourself two for those two personalities you got. I know both my parents are Gemini and always joke around that I have four parents. (laughs) That's funny. I didn't know your dad was a Gemini. (laughs) Yeah, both of them. So. Lucky me. Uh, (laughs) All right. All right, Cancers. Keep cool and calm. When you fixate on negativity, it multiplies in your mind. Hmm, Isn't that the truth? You have the power to shift your attitude at any moment. Choose to see difficult circumstances from a new standpoint. And you'll stumble upon answers and solutions. Watch your impulses when Mars crashes into Aquarius on February 13th. Financial matters concerning your future must be handed or handled cautiously. If your intuition catches on to something others can't see, trust yourself and speak up. Your faith will strengthen as the month progresses, so keep your keep believing in the bigger picture. And while you're believing in the bigger picture, have some tiramisu, some really like delicious tiramisu from like a really nice restaurant. Yeah. It's hard or not home. to look at the bigger picture when you're enjoying some tiramisu. Right? Oh, I don't think I care about anything when I'm eating the a delicious tiramisu right all right this one's for my leos take the lead in deepening your intellectual bonds when did you last share a deep conversation with your best friend or partner about your beliefs and dreams prioritize discovering who your loved ones have grown into and your connections will strengthen but be warned seemingly innocent nostalgia could have you longing for someone from your past oh Keep the door closed, Leo. Healing cannot transpire when you look back more than you look forward. Avoid romanticizing what could have been. This is actually very appropriate for Dark Matter, which we did not do this week, but last week. Anyway, (laughs) while you're doing that, get yourself some apple pie a la mode. Yummy, yummy. Yeah, don't you dare skip that a la mode. You know you need that ice cream. Always. Always. Speaking of ice cream. Virgos, Mm, you're going to have a good treat. But let me tell you what you're also in for first. Do not underestimate the power of a good night's sleep, a consistent routine, and a healthy lifestyle. Reallocating your time and changing priorities will revitalize you. With a well-rested mind, you will be ready to set work-related goals under the Aquarius new moon on February 9th. This new chapter challenges your ability to work well in a team without taking control. The sun and Mercury are funneling romantic energy into your life from February 18th. So open up and share the weight of your problems with the people who love you. And enjoy with the people who love you a delicious brownie sundae. Mm, So yummy. If you have an Applebee's near you, (laughs) the maple brownie or maple (laughs) blondie sundae, next level. Yeah. Enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This one's for the Libras. Let your inner child roam free. When you allow yourself to play and create with freedom, your mind will clear, 
your self-love will soar, and your relationships will strengthen. A sharper awareness of your needs will facilitate healthy communication in your love life. Tell your romantic partner exactly how to please you, and this Valentine's Day be unforgettable. The second half of the month brings a decline in your productivity. Address the impact that your diligent work has had on your health. And enjoy a delicious baked Alaska. Hell yeah, where my Scorpios at? Scorpios. All right. <laughs> Look, you'll never be satisfied while living by someone else's rules. Okay? Tensions within your family are a sign that you got to free yourself from restricting traditions and just fly solo. Explore your ideas and interests without pressure and offer yourself the validation that you've sought externally. A new focus on your dating life will fill you with hope that the person you're seeking is also seeking you. Don't lower your standards. You deserve your fairy tale ending. Scorpios. Aww. I know it's really cute. Yeah. Scorpios, uh, enjoy yourself a cookies and cream ice cream shake. Oh my God, I want one right now. Me too. <laughs> Me too. All right, last but not least, where my Sagittarius is at. People are looking for answers and you will be full of ideas and solutions. Stay grounded when sharing your wisdom. You don't need to flaunt your knowledge or prove yourself. With the sun and Mercury inspiring deeper inquiries about your family history, interesting, from February 18th, you will feel more emotional and connected to your life's purpose. Take a step back to receive clarity on your role within your family and household. What generational patterns are you breaking? And while you're contemplating that, enjoy a nice traditional heart-shaped box of assorted chocolates. Yeah, I can't not think of assorted chocolates and not think of League of Blondes. I knew I you were going to say it. that. You knew it. I cannot. Uh, when she's eating them and she's trying them out and she's like, oh, okay. And then she throws them and she's like, liar! <laughs> I think that's my favorite part of the whole movie. So, yeah, she's <laughs> so random. She only bites that. like half of each one, and then there's like one that she really likes, and she's like, "Oh no, I'll eat this whole." <laughs> I always, I always really connected to that. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's very relatable, very yeah. relatable." Also, very relatable when you're watching one of those overly sappy rom coms or romance movies, and you know that they won't men don't really talk like that. So when she's like, "Liar." I know. <laughs> that resonated with me. I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie so much. All right. Liar! All right. Yes. It's the bend and snap. It's called the bend and snap. I know. Every time I have to bend over and get something, I say it. So, sad. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about usually, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our rapid fire. So we're going to play a rapid fire round. The category is going to be things I'd rather do than read this book. <laughs> <laughs> so Jess is going to set two minutes on her timer and we're going to have two minutes to come up with all of the things we'd rather do than read Ruthless Vows. Ever again. Ever, ever again. All right. I got two minutes up. You ready to go? I'm ready. Yes. Here we go. Three, two, one. One, watch plants grow. Stare at a wall for 24 hours straight. Watch dust collect in a corner of my room. <laughs> <laughs> Run around the country a la Forrest Gump. That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. Rip my eyes out. 
punch myself in the face. Uh, I don't know. Read Dark Matter again. No. <laughs> no, no I didn't. not even I that. don't know. I don't know if I mean that. <laughs> I think I would. I, I don't I would know. I think I would read Dark Matter again rather than read this book. I would definitely read... No, actually, I don't think I would. I was going to say Iron Flame again, but I don't think I would. I don't think so. Yeah. No, I think we were just being dramatic there. Yeah, that one, that's not... Yeah, no. Pull up Rebecca Ross and be like, why? (laughs) Why? Just do research on STDs and the images yeah exactly i'd rather do that than read this book (laughs) alex is like cycle through dick pics Uh, (laughs) 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 exactly um rip out every hair on my head oh man okay and then um give them through the door in prison at, at the top of the attic in uh the housewife Hmm. a book what book is that the housemaid the housemaid yes Yes. i'd rather live through that experience than read this book again wow okay let the cats scratch me for three hours straight just continuous cat scratches just tiny ones all over my arms um count the bugs on my lawn (laughs) get get a bikini wax (laughs) time's up Time's okay all right well now you know what we would rather do than read that book uh, which is probably the most painful things possible that you can imagine because we hated this book. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see if anyone else hated this book. All right, Alex. So you got a one star for us? I do. All right. So this person on Goodreads said, my New Year's resolution is to finally be okay DNFing a book because honestly, this was a waste of my time. I kept reading despite not loving Divine Rivals because I was hoping for more fantasy and for things to get so much better. But nope, once again, this was a war novel and I was bored to say the least. Uh, If you're not bored while you're reading this book, I question what books you like. Yeah, I can't agree with this person more. I I can't remember if I mentioned this on our snack time or if this was in our discussion before snack time in the last episode, but I would have DNF'd this if we weren't reading it for the podcast. A million percent. It put I did me not want to finish it. Yeah, it was, I did not like it. So I agree with this person. <laughs> uh, so I see a bunch of different one stars. One of them just simply says dumpster fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. Then another person said, and we were trying to figure out what this means, but the first part says not everyone should write books. And I agree with that. Mm. Um, Because as we'll get into, her writing is beautiful, but her execution eh. yeah uh but then she wrote also i still can't figure out when or why she got her and i don't know what that means i don't know what it means <laughs> uh <laughs> but this person uh says i was bored to the point that i dnf'd all right i was at 75 percent. still couldn't i still just couldn't do it there's no there's no romance there's no fantasy it's just way too long i like the first one but this was just a waste and ended up giving me a headache from forcing myself to read it mm. same yeah yeah, I feel that. All right, what five star you got? Because apparently there are many of these. There's so. a ton of five stars. And this person said, undeniably six stars. Flawless. I don't even have the words to do this du- duology justice. A book is just words on paper, and yet this book has effectively destroyed me. For anyone expecting this book to be painful, it certainly is. 
excruciating, tender, and beyond beautiful with some of my favorite prose that I have ever had the pleasure of reading. This book did not let me down in any way. There's more to it. I'm not going to read the rest. I will say I agree. Very beautiful prose. I don't mm -hmm. agree about anything else. Oh, no, I agree that it's painful, but not for the reason she said. <laughs> right. right Excruciating. <laughs> Excruciating is correct. <laughs> All right. So I have a five-star review that says, realistically... This is closer to a four out of five for me. But all I want to do right now is, and this part's in bold, th to throw myself out of my fucking balcony. So five star it is. Oh my God. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I don't hell? know. And then in parentheses, I care too much about the characters to give this anything less than a five out of five. So anyways. All right. Well, is it a four or is it five, man? You're throwing yeah. yourself off your own balcony. So yeah. five stars it is. Yeah. I That's don't know. A, that, that seems means. that's extreme <laughs> yeah i don't get that but okay <laughs> you do all you right do. <laughs> yeah enjoy enjoy your flight uh <laughs> i don't know yeah well look you already got the vibe on how we felt about this book but if you weren't sure here's our back flaps right number one if you want to read this book don't jess and alex Best advice you'll get all day. Yes, agreed. Uh, she she's all advice is here to stay for this episode. <laughs> was Ruthless Vows better than Divine Rivals? No. Was Ruthless Vows good? Also, no. Jess and Alex. Yeah. The only thing ruthless about this book was reading it and us not DNFing because we needed to commit for the podcast. Jess and Alex. I mean, yeah. no truer words ever spoken. Yeah. Want to read an exciting book about gods at war? Well, then don't read Ruthless Vows because you're, you're never going to get it. Never, never going to get, get it. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Jess and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the most fun we've had really. It's <laughs> true. True. Uh, who cares? Just goes on and on and on and on, but not about anything with substance. Jess and Alex. Read this to see a god who doesn't get a head in life, not a very strong head on his shoulders. Just an Alex. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Uh, ruthless critics. Yeah, because it was a ruthless read. Just yeah. an Alex. There was nothing magical about this book. Just an Alex. Yeah. These might be our harshest backflaps ever. These were pretty harsh. Yeah, these are pretty savage. Definitely. It all—it almost makes me question if it deserves this, but then I remember that it does. So it definitely does, in my opinion. This was the best book that you can read while you're trying to go to bed because you mm. will pass out. I've mm. passed out several times reading this book. Yeah. It took you, I remember you, it took you like several days to read this. And you Obnoxious just kept, amount of time. Yeah, you were like, I keep falling asleep. I can't stay awake and read it. Yeah. And you know, I haven't felt that way since Iron Shame. Iron Shame. Mm -hmm. Iron Shame, correct. That book put me in a book slump and this one put me in a book slump. Okay, I tried to pick up the book that I need to read. And every time I pick it up, I'm like, I can't. Yeah. All right. So now I'm going to have to like ruthlessly read that book in a day. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're actually going to really like that, though. I'm really me enjoying too. it so me far. Too. I know. I'm mad. I'm mad at this book for making me feel that way. Yeah. That's all. Because yeah. I don't like feeling that way. I know. <sighs> all right. Enough of us whining. All right. 
She's all Here, she's all wine. <laughs> uh, here's your plot synopsis for this book that I'm sure you're dying to read. Uh, Ruthless Vows takes place two weeks after the conclusion of Divine Rivals. Iris is back home in Oath with her brother. She's trying to figure out what happened to her husband, Roman. Given the opportunity to return to work as a war correspondent, she heads back out to report on war between the two gods, Dacker and Enva. At the same time, Roman is in Dacker's realm with no memory of his past. When a strange letter arrives in his wardrobe, Roman strikes up a correspondence with this mysterious pen pal. As this relationship grows, he has to make a decision, stand with Dacker or betray the god who heals him. Does that sound familiar if you read the first book? Mm, yeah. All right. Well, if you guys did read the first book and you tuned into our podcast episode on it last season, then the following information may sound a little familiar to you. But if you didn't, here's some information about the author Rebecca Ross. She is a New York Times bestselling and acclaimed author of fantasy novels for both teen and adult readers. Rebecca has been an avid reader and lover of fantasy novels since her youth. She grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and received a degree in English from the University of Georgia. Although Rebecca always wanted to write, she worked many different jobs before deciding to pursue her passion, including working on a dude ranch in Colorado as a school librarian and a lifetime captionist for a college. She dedicated all of her free time to writing until her first novel was finally published. Since then, her novels have been published in 13 languages, allowing her to reach audiences across the globe. This is unrelated, but why is it called a dude ranch? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Why is it called a dude ranch? Also, we, we had questions about this last time, but what is a captionist? Does she just write captions for a college? What does that mean? <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> I still don't no know. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. But I'm, I'm more worried and stressed out about a dude ranch. Okay. It, it just makes it sound like it's a whole ranch of dudes. I don't, don't want to go there. I mean... It probably is. I feel like ranches are mostly dudes. Does this, is that sexist of me? I don't know. Yes. And dude ranch? I don't know. Just I don't want to go there, dude. You know, I don't know. Let's go to the ranch, dude. <laughs> it's a dude ranch. I don't know. I don't know. Where did it? it what does it mean? Appealing. It doesn't make me want to go there. I don't know. I, when you think of a ranch, I mean, if you're not thinking of a delicious dip, <laughs> you're thinking <laughs> addressing. Uh, you're thinking of a place where there's animals. So is is this a dude ranch meaning like that the dudes are chained up and they're in stables and stalls i i don't understand oh <laughs> where this term came from i need answers i don't know that sounds like a fun premise though for like yeah. a dystopian type of novel all right <laughs> <laughs> it does tm tm all right <laughs> coming to a bookstore near you soon <laughs> all right here's, well... here's a spoiler free section okay if you want to read this book because you read the first one, I get it. I respect that. That's why we did it. Mm -hmm. Right. But just know what to be prepared for. You, you, It's boring. OK. A lot of it could have been cut out. Me and Alex already had this conversation. We think that this duology could have just been one book. Yes. One 100%. book. Mm -hmm. It should have been one book. I, I enjoyed the first one. We've talked about this. It was fine. The writing is really is really good it's really good in this book as well yes, however she's a beautiful writer beautiful prose yeah and you know the the character development in the first novel was good i don't think that we learned anything more about the characters in this novel i don't think it added anything to really any of them maybe some of the side characters we saw like addy a little bit more but 
it, to me, it wasn't even necessary. I thought that this book was boring. I thought it was pointless. The first 25 to 50% is basically just the first book, but in reverse. I hated that. I didn't understand what the point was. It left me with more questions than I had going into the book. It left me feeling unsatisfied. I didn't understand a lot of the plot points. They didn't make sense. I still don't think they make sense. We'll get into this in the spoilers. And I really did not want to finish this book. And I, I don't think I would have if we hadn't been reviewing it on the podcast. Yeah. So. I mean, her prose, she writes very beautifully. But what's mm -hmm. the point? And I feel like deja vu, like we said this. Did we say it about her last time about the first book? We definitely said it about another author. But there's like beautiful, beautifully mm -hmm. written prose, but it doesn't go anywhere. There's no point. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you write beautifully, uh, Rebecca Ross, but but her story isn't executed well. It's not like a beautifully written book that actually has purpose. I, I just feel like sometimes mm -hmm. beautiful words are thrown on a page and that's it. I do think that her language means something. So you're referring to Caraval, I think, where we said Stephanie Garber would use this really yes. pretty purple prose, Thank but it you, didn't. Yes. It, but she didn't say it didn't mean anything. Right. Rebecca Ross, her words mean something. She's she's saying something. It's just that the plot is not well executed and the story, in my opinion, is not well executed. The pacing no. of this novel was bizarre. This is the slowest book. I don't understand really any of the plot points. The last part of the book where it finally does get exciting and maybe the last quarter, it's 25%, 20%, but it's super rushed. There's no reason mm -hmm. that it needed to be right. so rushed. You could no. have taken out so much of the unnecessary stuff in the beginning yes. and middle of this novel and and it would have been better and the pacing yes. would have made more sense it would have been more fun to read i know we had issues with this in the first one as well where we said there was a lull it was a little bit slower in the beginning but it was cute with the letters and then there was this lull in the middle and then the ending was rushed right it, it still kept us engaged yeah and the ending did feel rushed in the last one as well yeah so that's why i think there could have been a chunk taken out in the middle of divine rivals a big chunk taken out of this novel more expansion on the world, more explanation of the characters and their motivations and why these things are happening, gotten more into the fantasy elements of this world and really delivered yes. a well-done book as just a standalone. Instead, yes. we got this duology for no reason that leaves us, like I said before, with more questions than we had going in. Once again, going back to our girl, Rachie Gillig, she had to do had a duology, everything's wrapped up at the end. I have no questions left. If I wanted to, I would read more about them, but I don't mm -hmm. need to. I already know that these characters, where they're gonna be. In this book, I have no idea. It, it feels like an unfinished series. Honestly, it just feels unfinished. I don't like it. Yes. I didn't like this book. Yeah, and you know what? If at the end of the first book, like us, you're hoping to get more on the gods, nope. not really, okay? They're, they're more involved in this book but that doesn't mean that you're getting answers about them or anything and if you're thinking oh well you know well this is a love story yes it is but the romance isn't really even a forefront either mm -mm. it's just kind of takes everything takes a backseat and sadly yeah. i kind of cared about the the characters at, at the end of the first book i was worried for them i was you know questioning their well-being and i wanted them to get back together and yeah i didn't care in this one nope. to be honest I, if i dnf'd I would have been like fine with my life and just moved on with my life. Um, but as far as this went, I I think that this second book actually made me not like them. Yeah. I Well, it made me not care about them. I don't know if I necessarily disliked the characters, but I definitely didn't care about the characters in this book. Like I said, I, I don't think that 
there was anything new added to the characters that we didn't already know about them. There's nothing interesting about them. Same thing with the newer characters that we got a little bit more information about, like the gods. We didn't really learn much more about them that we didn't already know. There were a lot of missed opportunities in this book with yes. several characters that I'll talk about in the spoiler section, but just a lot of real, in my opinion, a lot of real big missteps with this novel. This could have been a really great concept that was just fumbled and poorly executed. Yeah, a whole lot of nothing, okay? There's a 75% portion of this book that's just a whole lot of nothing. Yep. Nothing's happening and everything's happening, but nothing's happening at all. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how to explain it any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> It, I, I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I do. It's like things are happening, but nothing's happening. And who cares? Yeah. Just get to it. It was so drawn out. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. It really so makes me wonder why this was a duology, honestly. But it just felt overstretched, like it needed to be stretched into another book, but it really didn't need to be. Yeah. Um, so what, what yeah, did you I, rate it? I'm rating it. A three. It's kind of in between for me, between a two and a half and a three. I mean, her prose are beautiful. I will give her that. She's a great writer as far as prose goes. I wouldn't say she's a great storyteller, but she's a great, you know, mm -hmm. prose writer. Maybe she should just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to advise her on that. I'm just, for me, it fell flat in so many places. I just did not care about it. I would have DNF'd it. Uh, I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. I think it's very forgettable, not memorable whatsoever. Mm -hmm. and I swear in a month from now, I'll forget it even exists. Yeah, I never want to read it again. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Yeah. I rated this a two, and that was solely based on Rebecca Ross's writing. I do still believe that she is a good technical writer. I think she has beautiful prose. However, I hated everything about this book. I really just didn't enjoy it. I didn't think it was necessary. I thought it was mishandled, and... I don't, I, I wouldn't recommend that you read it. However, I know there were people that loved Divine Rivals. I was not one of those people. I liked it. It was good. Mm, I didn't love it. Was it was just fine. Yeah. Right. If you were one of those people that absolutely loved Divine Rivals, then read it, make up your own minds about this book. But I personally think that this book had no point to it. It was one of the most pointless sequels since it started with us. Yeah. I felt no emotion at all to these characters. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried for them at any point. I just felt like things were just going to work out for them. It was predictable. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I have more to say on that in the spoiler section. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away. But hey, if you want to go read it still, that's fine. Especially if you read the first one, you know, you always want to, we need closure, right? Mm -hmm. So go read it. Go ahead. But just, you might be skimming through some parts. That's all that I'll yeah. warn you about. But let's get to the spoiler part. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> From this point, spoilers. <laughs> oh, what's that? Oh, it's a spoiler. All right. Spoilers. Okay. <laughs> uh, so if you're still here, then you understand that there will be spoilers. That's correct. Uh, so either you've read the book or you're just taking our advice that you don't care about this book. <laughs> As we're going to tell you. We don't either. All right. Mm -hmm. First of all, where to begin? Uh, I'm just going to jump to two main things real quick. Okay. One, we get no sh nothing about her brother. So at the end of the second one, yep. Forrest is this whole different person. He's so changed by the war. He's grabbing her arm. He's being violent. He's aggressive. In this one, he's a laid back little P word. He does absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. He now, like, He like barely leaves the apartment. He gets a girlfriend. Ooh. Uh, and that's it. 
That's where it ends. Literally, there's no character development. We get no backstory, even in a moment where we get a, a letter from him. The yeah. letter doesn't even talk about his effing backstory, what it has to do with the war. That pisses me off the most. That's why I wanted to start here. And then in the end, I guess we needed somebody to die. So how convenient that Forrest and his girlfriend were able to die um, because we didn't I it, it gave no impact to me because I wasn't introduced to him post-war. Yeah. Anything. So he he felt he fell flat the whole time. He was mentioned once or twice, basically, as an afterthought for Iris. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden he dies. And I'm supposed to cry about that. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? This was when I say that there were missed opportunities in this book. This is one of those missed opportunities we're introduced to Forrest at the end of Divine Rivals. It's a really fast-paced, action-packed scene. We're concerned about Iris. We don't know what's going on with her brother. This book opens up. It's two weeks later. Everything just seems fine. They're just living harmoniously together in their old apartment. He's, I guess, struggling with some PTSD. It's like briefly glazed over in the book. Hardly really Very brief. delved into at all. Yeah. And then we don't see him again. We hardly ever see him again. It makes no sense. I, what was the point of even introducing him in the second book just to bring him in to die at the end? And his death bothered me too because it doesn't even make sense. Because before she goes to get Dacre and all that stuff, she tells him what's going to happen. I know. She tells him. She, she prepares him. He should have been prepared. Him. And he's a soldier on top of that. He should have been prepared. They I'm sorry to go off on this for a second. No, that's fine because that was my next thing. Then they introduce this other character, Tobias, who is like her right-hand man going into battle with her. Why? Why should that should have been Forrest? That should have been Definitely. her brother. That that would have been the reason to introduce him in the first book, to carry him into the second book and have her be by her have him be by her side during the battle. And then if he were to die, it would have made sense. And I probably would have cared. Instead, we just got this random oh they live together now oh he doesn't want me to go be a correspondent again oh he's missing for half the book oh he has a girlfriend oh they're dead okay cool <laughs> am i supposed to care i don't give a shit i'm so, I, this made me so angry this was the biggest missed you know, opportunity <clears throat> i was really looking forward to seeing that relationship i was really looking forward to seeing that conflict and seeing how they were going to navigate it seeing how he was going to help or maybe you had projected um predicted that maybe he would be evil and there was just nothing it was just nothing right. it was even pointless. when even when a, an opportunity was presented for him to share his backstory about being dacker's mm -hmm. you know uh soldier or whatever or, you know, how he was captured or whatever, anything. Uh, when we were given that opportunity, when Roman was captured, all he says to Iris is he's not going to know you. That's it. Yeah. No reasoning, no detail, no background, nothing. And I was just yeah. so angry with that where I wanted to rip the page out. But, you know, which, it was on which my, brings on me table. to the next thing that really pissed me off, which was that Roman loses his memory. He has no memory of who Iris is, yada, yada but almost immediately starts getting his memories back and his memories are gone for maybe like, I, I mean, I don't know the exact percentage, but it was a very short period of time. It was like, what was the point of even introducing it? It would have been more interesting if he never got his memories back and they had to work on reestablishing their relationship. That would have been more interesting than what we got. It didn't make sense. I was like, why was this even thrown in there just to be resolved Dude. right away at the beginning of the book? You know, what would have been more interesting if, Effin Forrest actually had a character, okay? And he was a soldier for both sides. Yeah. Why is he running and hiding? Have him fight. Have him do something. Stand up. I mean, Jesus Christ, these people, this, uh, they're invading your city, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, protect your sister instead of just being like, I want to protect you. But when the time comes, you're not doing shit. That pissed me off too, okay? What was the point of him 
having been a soldier, having gone through all that shit, if he was just going to run and hide at the end. But that makes no sense. <clears throat> it doesn't tie into his character at the end of Divine Rivals. No. When he's grabbing her arm and pulling her away and, you know, doing all this shit. Exactly. It makes no sense. It's like his character literally just crumbled and then died in this yeah. second part. I did like this. I did like and appreciate the scene where he was upset that she was going to go be a war correspondent again because he was like, it's not safe. And she was like, you need to stop protecting me. This is my decision. And I liked that he respected it. I felt that that was nice. However, there was really no impact in the story because it was like a paragraph and then it was over and then we never saw him again. Insane. Insane. Yeah. He was, I, I think he probably occupied maybe like three full paragraphs in this book. Yeah. It was just, su just such a waste. It's just so Look, pointless. I don't even know what the whole point of somebody that she used to work with being becoming his girlfriend was. Wait, what? What was the whole point? So the girlfriend that he gets used to work with Iris at the Gazette. Mm -hmm. Right. What was the whole point of them even I mean, having a relationship? I don't have a problem with that. If they, you know, if, if Forrest wants to have a relationship, he wants to find somebody to find. That's right. great, great, wonderful. But there was no well, point in, 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 in. Oh my god, I'm getting tongue tied right, now. Right. Yeah, there was no point in introducing it because there was no time spent on it. It's like we That's, didn't we didn't know Forrest. We didn't care about Forrest. We find out he has a girlfriend. It didn't matter. And it was what a character. I'm yeah, and it was a character it, that we briefly met in the first book, but we really didn't know much about her. And then she was just briefly her. introduced <laughs> here again, but not. We didn't really get much more information about her in this book either. It was pointless. I mean, like, I, I, I think the idea is nice, but the execution yes. didn't make sense. Right. The idea that he can find love and, you know, find somebody that, he's that gives him comfort after the war. I like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but otherwise, it was literally just filler and it just filled up the, the boring shit for no reason where it could have been filled with better, better things for the book, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, to go back to Tobias, who Alex mentioned. So Tobias, Tobias is somebody who... Uh, he has uh, like a motorbike or a vehicle of some sort that he transports Addie and Iris around from town to town. They form a friendship with him. Uh, and I believe that he was actually brought in just mostly to be, yep. you know, like a love interest for Addie, which yep. is fine. Uh, but like Alex said, who, who cares? cares about him going to war with them? Yes, he could do that as like a background character if need be. Mm -hmm. But Farah should have been up in front and center. It doesn't make sense. Why introduce a character just to be a love interest to another side character that A, isn't fully explored in the first place, but also B, we just don't care about. We don't need that. This book doesn't need it. Mm -hmm. It was unnecessary and it was a misuse of the characters that she already had just to introduce right. another character for no reason. And and you know, it was super predictable because there was no mention at all in the first book that Addie plays violin. And then all of a sudden, Addie plays yes. violin in this book. And how predictable, because of course, you know, that's going to end up coming into play with Dacker because that lulls him to sleep, right? And then all of a sudden, boom, that's what happens. And, and you know, that was just super predictable and just very well, not well thought. It was very like after the fact developed and it just annoyed yeah. me. It was just thrown in there like an afterthought for no reason. Just no reason. No. Yeah. And if you remember from the first one, or if you don't, you're just here for us ranting. The first one, they banned all the instruments in the city. You're not allowed to play music. But nobody hears her while she's playing in her basement. Mm. I don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy that lives down the block from me who plays drums in his basement. I hear that shit. Yeah. From my from my room, in my bedroom or my house or whatever. That's a brick house. Okay. Yeah. I still hear him playing that. So that's bullshit. Yeah. 
there was just no point. I also, I, I liked seeing Addie again, but I was also like, what was her role in all of this aside from that? Like just to be a violin player. Other than that, she served no real purpose in the story. I just didn't understand why we were being introduced to some of these people. Like, why did we need to be introduced to her family? It just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, I don't know. And then let's get into the whole, I, I was like, if we're not going to explore romance or the, the character dynamics, which I don't think they did well in this novel to begin with, but if, mm -hmm. you were, if you're not going to do that, then there should at least be a good plot. There should be good world building. We should really be delving into this idea of the gods. We should be getting a lot of backstory on them. We should understand why they're doing what they're doing. We get none of it. Why, why was Dacre going to war? Why was he at war with her? Just to get Enva back? That was the only reason? It makes no sense. There's this sword that can only kill gods, and it's just been sitting in a museum for years and years and years. Yeah, but it's just been sitting there. Nobody knows that this is what it can be used for. Enva knows, but she decides to wait for Iris to tell Iris about it so that Dude, Iris can be the one so to much, kill Dacre. Why? So much issue with that. Why Iris? Iris is an 18-year-old journalist. Why are we waiting for her to kill Dacre? Why aren't we doing this years and years ago to prevent all of these innocent deaths that Enva's supposed to be this um, benevolent right. god? Also, let's get into the gods because so we find out that Enva and Dacre were married. She can't kill him herself because in their wedding vows, she vowed not to kill him. He did not make the same vow to her, which is a little sus, first of all. Mm -hmm. Second uh, of all, mention, she then... She also made the vow never to leave oath. Yeah, well, that's a different thing that I'll get into in a minute. But she also then goes and kills the other existing gods while they're asleep and absorbs their magic because if a god is killed by another god, they take on their magic. If a god is killed by a mortal, they're just dead and their magic evaporates. So she didn't want Dacre to take on their powers, so she killed them instead. Once again, a little sus, Enva. Uh -huh. And then on top of that, it didn't even make her more powerful. She couldn't even do shit. I was like, what does Enva do besides go into people's dreams and play music to lure them to war that she could have ended years ago by just giving the sword to like, maybe, I don't know, Forrest or some other soldier? But no, instead we need to wait for Iris and give it to her instead. Makes no sense. And then you brought up the fact that she made this bargain with the mortal king that in order to preserve the magic in Oath, she would stay alive and she would kill all the other gods, but she can't kill Dacre, so she needs the mortals to do it for her. Why? Okay. What magic even is there in Oath? There's some magic typewriters. There's a magic house that we don't even get a lot of information about. No. Honestly, if the magic disappeared from Oath, what difference would it make? Can somebody explain that to me? What what Dude, difference would it make? There was there was a lot of emphasis on the fact that Roman's house growing up was was enchanted. We yeah. get nothing about nothing. that here. Nothing. The house Absolutely doesn't help nothing. in any way. The house just welcomes this god into into its home. I don't know. It was just it was it was just not well thought out. Uh as far as Iris goes, I'm guessing that Rebecca Ross wanted to do some kind of woman empowerment and let the woman do it instead of being the damsel. I like that. But it didn't make sense, and nothing was leading to it. Let me just tell you, they had Roman, okay, um, deliver some kind of uh, uh, letter, a sealed letter. Uh, he didn't end up delivering it. it. He got sidetracked and distracted when he seen Iris. There was a bomb. A lot, th a lot of things go happen. But he opens up the letter. He breaks the seal. 
he opens up the letter and inside it says, you can't just kill the god a normal way. You have to like literally chop his head off. Do you think that he tells Iris this when Iris lets him know that she has a sword and she's going to thinking about doing this? Does he try to stop her? No, he doesn't try to stop her. No. And when they spend the night together, they talk about other shit. But instead of him being like, hey, you know, I read this. This seems important. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, nothing like that. He doesn't let her know. So what the what the hell was the point of him reading that letter when it had nothing to do with him? He didn't even share the information with Iris. It was just what what was the point? There was no point. Because then they could have been some other way to tell us. Stupid. Also, I agree with you. It's nice to see a female protagonist that's, you know, fighting the god and killing him. That's fine. Why Iris, though? Why not Keegan? Why not Marisol's uh, military wife? She seems like a more appropriate choice than an 18-year-old journalist. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It, none of it makes sense to me. I, I And we don't get answers in the book. We don't find no. out why she was the chosen one, except that she no. happened to be in the museum that one day and Enva showed up and was like, hey, you see that sword? It'll kill a god. Let me tell you all this backstory. And then we just, and then the book ends. She goes and kills him and the book ends. I was like, cool. I'm glad I waited all this time just for that. Thanks. And then we it. find out. <laughs> That she happened to be Enva disguised sitting in the coffee shop with Addie's family and everybody. Who cares? I know. And then she projects herself as like a apparition, basically, uh, while Dacker and Iris are fighting. And right before he, he gets finally lulled to sleep by Addie's convenient music, mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden she just appears as an apparition there. Like, what was the point of that? I don't know. Also, Dude, what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't know. There was something else I was going to say. Now I can't remember what it was. I'm sorry. No, it's it's not your fault. Oh, that was the other thing, too. These gods are at war, right? They, they're at war with each other, basically. Why are the mortals even involved in this? Also, what makes them gods? So Daker can heal people. Cool. But, like, aside from that, what what do you do what can you do what are you capable of because honestly they just seemed like regular people with a little bit of magic am i wrong like what the magic system sucks in it doesn't series. it doesn't make any sense none of it makes any sense and we get no information about it we actually got more backstory on the gods in divine rivals than we got in this book we got nothing you know in this book you know what's really messed up too? There was missed opportunity after missed opportunity, as we've been saying, but there's been missed opportunity so much with the magic system in this book. Um, it was mentioned in the first one briefly that she went into a store. There's a magical building. There was a lot of talk about enchanted buildings, but it was just talk. There was no, yeah, there was no real substance with it. Uh, and and then we basically it just gets thrown in our faces at the end. Oh, everybody can hide from bombs and magical buildings. I just figured out. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. the whole magic. Yeah. So. What are you fighting for to keep magic alive? There's no real magic, man. It doesn't make any sense. And and you you mentioned earlier that it was predictable. It was. If you read Sorry. Divine Yeah, if you read Divine Rivals, think about what you were predicting might happen in Ruthless Vows. Honestly, whatever you were predicting was probably more interesting than what you were given. However, it was yeah. probably it probably ended exactly how you thought it would end. I was hoping that the gods would be more complex. Like we didn't really get much information about Enva at all, but I was like, it would be cool if it turns out that Dacre's actually the good one that's healing people. She's the bad one that's been luring them to war. But no, it was exactly what you thought it would be. And I hated that the first half of the book or whatever percentage it was, 
that it was it was no the portion of the book where it was basically just the first book where they're writing letters back and forth oh yeah but she knows it's roman and he doesn't know it's iris and i was like what's the point we already read this i don't need to read it again and if you're going to do something like that make it mean something it meant nothing it it serves no purpose at all there was no reason for it he didn't even remember her through the letters he remembered her on contact when he actually seen her and then he didn't even go with her and then Enva, and Enva takes credit takes credit for it too. She's like, "Oh well, I went into his dreams and I made him remember." Like, cool. We don't Glenn, even see that. You're happen. the most. She's honestly the most useless god I've ever seen in a book in my life. I, Wait, like, what do you do? You just made me realize too. Speaking of dreams, so apparently she enters your brain and she, you know, while you're dreaming, you see her. Mm-hmm. So remember, they made it so interesting about Iris's mom. In the first mm-hmm. one that we thought she was going to come into play as one of yeah. the gods or something was going to happen with that. And then we we're seeing Iris having dreams throughout this book of her mother. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, her mom might be warning her. Something's going down later. All we do is just find out, oh, it was haha. You know, it was just Enva and um, she was just appearing as her mom. So this way she'd find more comf- comfort. Yeah. That yeah. was the dumbest thing ever. It was pointless. So and- stupid. Yeah. And she also explains that this power of going into people's dreams and whatever, what have you, isn't even her power. It was one of the, I don't remember which god it was, but it was the power of one of the gods that she had killed. I was like, cool. So like, what, what, what is your purpose? Like, I just didn't understand what her purpose was. Yeah. And then uh, they do get into the hounds. They got into the hounds mm-hmm. last time. There was one kind of cool scene where the hounds were chasing um, them and whatever. Uh, but you remember in the other one how there was like, you know, they were dropping bombs and they mm-hmm. were doing all these things. And all they talk about is how they were dropping bombs, but there wasn't any details about how it was yeah. going down, how they did that in the first book, because that was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at least that that's different and unique, something new where it's like these, you know, machines that are really like they have like life in them and they're dropping bombs and doing all this stuff. We we don't get into any of that. Instead, it's just bombs are being dropped. It was the um, wyverns in this book he saw dacre controls the wyverns and the wyverns were dropping the bombs whatever stupid fell flat um one of the one thing too that was just what was the point was the graveyard yes oh my god i was about to bring this up was the purpose (laughs) there was no purpose this group called the graveyard that's just stirring up shit and yet you got a curfew and they'll they'll come get you if you don't if you break the curfew and then oh they're trying to bomb dacre but they mess up and then they where are they it makes no it, it there was no reason to introduce them they served absolutely no purpose they could have served an interesting purpose they yeah. could have been introduced in the beginning of the novel and it could have been really interesting to see our heroes fighting against this other you know rebel force and you know both thinking that they're doing the right thing but being in conflict with one another or seeing them turn villainous could have been interesting instead it was just pointless thrown in for no reason and then we don't even get a resolution to it by the yeah. end of the book, you don't even know well, what happened to the graveyard. Do they just, did they, were they like, oh, Dacre's dead, let's disband? No, we got I mean, no information. Fine. And what we're told about them is that it could be anyone. I Okay. So now what? Everyone just goes back to the normal business. You never find out who it was. It was completely it, pointless. It, it, it's disturbing. The <laughs> other, like, what's the whole point of this? The other thing that I thought was really pointless that I didn't understand was just randomly thrown in was, uh, what's his name? Roman's dad what was his part so he's working with dacre he's a supporter of dacre but then he's also gonna kind of support roman at the end and betray dacre and then try to jump ship to enva but then that's left unresolved as well and as it was jail it was just what was the point 
he he was the most annoying character in this. So uh, very cliche. If you've seen old movies, if you've read books, the historical fiction, this shit used to happen all the time back in the day where the rich people used to try to pay off the lowly person to not date their child. You know. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, he, that's what he does. He has some. He's spineless. He doesn't even do it himself. He has some mm -hmm. messenger bring her an envelope of money, which he throws to the ground. And I would have spit on it and been like, "Go f yourself." Tell him that. You can't buy her away from Roman. She loves Roman. That's her husband anyway. And how do you think her, his son would feel about that? You know, and yeah. he does find out about it and never confronts his dad. No. Really? There's there's never there's there was no reason to even bring it into the story because it's never really addressed. Like, it was just pointless. It was just unnecessary. Listen, it, it was just disappointing, super disappointing, underwhelming. Disappointed! There were so many things that were added into this where we could have been building from continuing from the last story. And mm -hmm. instead, we're adding new things and we're not even developing those. So no, what's the point? There was no point. And you mentioned earlier that you never felt concerned for the characters. I think when you were mentioning that it was predictable, this book had no stakes. You never felt concerned about any of the characters. I, no, was, I knew it would work know, out for them. Yeah, it was going to be a happily ever after. Nobody, the only reason Forrest died was because they needed, she needed to kill someone and she didn't want to kill Roman. It would have been better if she killed Roman. That would have been more interesting. <laughs> Along with that, Roman apparently is just a mastermind and can just manipulate gods at a whim, on a whim, and does an excellent job of it and just is betraying him page after page and Dacre never really even finds out Shane finds out at some point and then and then it ends yeah this is my issue with Dacre okay you got this guy who's supposed to be a god a ruthless god oh he's so vicious oh he has all these monsters uh that he created that he he's destructive he's the dumbest god I've ever seen in my life yeah. okay so dumb it didn't make any sense Roman's literally like running to the wardrobe right in front of him and stepping on a piece of paper so he doesn't see it like come on i know he, you think he didn't see that i i just i it was so stupid like and when he was quizzing her, him at one point mm -hmm. he's like come on uh who's iris winnow uh, clearly you surely you remember her by now i was like oh he knows yeah he knows that he's toying with him no no that would have been too interesting yeah that would have been too fun no, instead, he didn't know and he outsmarts him and he's like, I never met her before. And oh, yeah, I used to work with her, but I don't really know her. Come yeah. on. It was so stupid. It was so pointless. It would have been more interesting to see Dacre find out, at, you know, that Roman had betrayed him or had been working against him and then kill him before Iris can get there to kill Dacre. And then that would actually give her a purpose to want to kill Dacre. And it would make more sense as to why she's the one to kill him. But instead, it was just it was just underwhelming. Like you said, it was disappointing. It was yeah. just it was just bad. It was just and badly I, done. It was bad. And I, I like your idea of Keegan stepping in and doing yeah. the right job there, uh, because it would have been cool if, you know, he was beating the shit out of her, which is clearly understandable. This girl's never been in an actual fight. Yeah. I mean, this, she's 18. She's been through some shit, but she's not like literally been in a physical fight. Now she's fighting a god to murder him. Yeah. Come on. It's so, also, it doesn't make sense. But like it would have made sense if he was like literally beating her and almost killing her to the point where she was almost dead. The sword's on the floor and all of a sudden Keegan came in or something because she found out in the cafe that they went down there and she got a key too. So she mm -hmm. went down there and now she's down there and she grabs the sword and now there's a conflict. I, I would have felt more comfortable with that. Literally like, anything that else. Sense. Also, I don't know about you, but I have zero interest in reading about a god just beating somebody with their fists 
<laughs> aren't you supposed to be a god? Like, aren't you supposed to have powers? It would have been more interesting to see him using his magic against her no, or something, no, he, you know? Magic like, is magic is just a word in this book. It's not a thing. Like, I, and I still don't understand. I get that Enva couldn't kill Dacre, but why couldn't she? Like, it could have been him using his powers, Enva assisting Iris with her powers, and then Iris coming in with the kill. You know, like, I just, it, none of it, it didn't, it just didn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me. If you yeah, think I mean, it makes sense, I would love to hear from you. Please explain it to me. But to I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I would have enjoyed, first of all, I would have enjoyed a lot more than this book could offer. Yeah. I would have enjoyed anything at this point. But I'm just saying, like, I would have enjoyed, like, think of, like, Star Wars or um, Lord of the Rings or something. Lord of the Rings, for example, like the two wizards or even Harry Potter. Like, mm -hmm. you know, them putting their hands out or something and having some kind of energy. She she said she vowed not to kill him. She didn't say she couldn't hurt him or, like, yeah. defend people. She could yeah. have been up in there doing some crazy shit. Why did she have to be an apparition that just is an image and just stands there? It was Enva was it, the it most was pointless. Useless. Yeah, it she was the no most sense. useless character. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that she can't be killed because then the magic and oath goes away. All right. Honestly, at this point, I'd rather just see that happen. I'd rather Enva and Dacre both be bad and they both get killed and then the magic just disappears. I would have preferred that ending to what we got. Enva is, is coming off as she's this great god, but meanwhile, she's the one that's she's the reason why magic is in jeopardy because she just took out all these other gods. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't seem like a great person. No. Secondly, uh, oh, I did it just so this way Dacker wouldn't do it. That makes no sense. Oh, no. I didn't want him to kill them, so I did it. What? They, they never even really suggest Wake that Dacre... Wake them up to be on your side then. They But they also never even suggest that Dacre was planning to do that. Maybe they do, but if they do, it doesn't, it, they don't explain why. Listen, if she was we good, don't know what Dacre wanted. She kills her own brother. Okay. If she was good or cousin or whoever, um, all she had to do would be wake them up. Yeah. Okay. Wake them up and then let's like really have five gods going around and causing some chaotic shit. Yeah. That would have added to the book. That would have been more interesting. Yeah. But no, instead we have her murdering them in their sleep, so Dacre won't murder them in their sleep. <laughs> it makes no sense. And just honestly, and it was so that he wouldn't be able to take on their powers. But what fucking powers do they have anyway? So that he can't go into the minds of people while they're sleeping? Oh, no. We don't want him to be able to do that. Well, now she can. Yeah. Oh, and one of them controlled the weather. That was never used. There was no weather never. control. No, we got no information about the gods. This world building was abysmal. The magic system didn't make sense. It was abysmal. I hate. I hated this book. She gets... This book she gets two stars strictly for her pretty prose and, and good technical writing. Yeah. But for everything else, this book was terrible. This book is for people who don't care about world building, that don't care about fantasy. They don't, you know, it's just thrown in there. That, that don't care about an actual story, that don't care about character development and arcs and all that good stuff. You just don't care. You're just reading words on a page and you're like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I, I really, honestly, I went into this, remember, I was like really in the mood for like gods, something about mm -hmm. gods. And I left this wanting more than ever to read something about gods. And this was supposed to be about gods. Yeah. Let me tell you something. So this is marketed as a fantasy. It's fantasy light. It's not a real fantasy. At the very least, it could have been a good romance. But it, we don't even get that in this book because all the romance was in the first book. So not only do we not get a cute romance, but we don't get any world building. We don't get anything about the gods. The, this book, what did it, what was it trying to, what point was it trying to serve? 
What message was it trying to send? What was the purpose of this book? Because it wasn't about the characters and it wasn't about the gods. So what was it about? Yeah, you get nothing. You lose. (laughs) (laughs) It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. I don't know. I I hate to be a bitch, but I feel like uh, Rebecca Ross should take a workshop class on how to write stories. Yeah. I mean, I... it's one thing to ha- to write beautifully, and that's a talent and a gift, and she's got that. She needs to learn how to put a good story together. Just go hang out, hang out with Richie the R- Richie the Gills. I don't know. I feel like Rachel Gills is Gillig is going to be like the gold standard for us from now on. I mean, I haven't read because Rachel Gill. Um, sorry, Rebecca Ross. This isn't her first series. She's had, I think, three series before this, three duologies, and I did read the first in. I don't remember the series name, but the book is A River Enchanted. And it was fine. I I felt the way about A River Enchanted that I felt about Divine Rivals. It was good. It was fine. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a good book. Did I love it? No. But I never read the second one. So I'm curious to see how she concludes a different duology. Because this isn't a first-time author. Right. I'm curious to see what happens with this book and if it's similar in her other series. But I'm also just not really inclined to pick it up, the other series, because, again, like with Divine Rivals, it was good. It was fine. But I also was just kind of like, it's fine. It's not great. That's the thing. It's fine. It's not memorable. Yeah. It's just it's just fine. And what's sad is we felt that way about the first one, too, even though we were a little more involved and engaged in the first one, a little more Mm -hmm. interested at the end there with the cliffhanger. But like when me and Alex were going through the books last year that we read and we were trying to come up with our top 10 or whatever. We forgot about yeah. Divine Rivals. That's not good that yeah. we're, we're forgetting the book, you know? Yeah. Um. So I was hoping this book would turn it around, and it's just, it, it was so disappointing. It really is so sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really, I feel like there was so much potential for this book to be great, and it had a lot of good pieces to make a nice, you know, big puzzle picture, and it just failed. Yeah. I do think her books lack emotion. Yes. It's, you know, I don't really feel anything while I'm reading them. Well, I don't feel connected to anybody at all, you know? Definitely not in this book. But I did in Divine Rivals, I felt a little connected, especially at the end, to Iris and Roman when, you know, he's being taken to the the underrealm and stuff. So I felt more connected to them in Divine Rivals. But in this book, absolutely not. But even in that one, I wasn't thinking about Divine Rivals for a long time after, like, oh, I can't wait until the next one comes out to find out what happened to Roman when the new book finally came out i was like oh yeah i'm excited to find out what happened but then i didn't really it was pointless so yeah but there's a lot of other things that take place uh, you know between roman and his dad and his dad was harboring dacker and dacker had these five keys and you know they would open up doorways to his underground realm and i mean some of it would have been kind of cool if it was more explains like how does that work yeah we don't know why does he have keys? Did he forge the keys somewhere? Uh, what's the story behind the forging of the keys? Give me details. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. We just know that the keys are there and that one guy dies that had one of the keys and the keys sitting on the table and someone steals it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what we learn. Uh, and then there's this one soldier who gets his memories back, but he's there fighting for Dacker because he wants to fight for Dacker, but really he wants to kill Dacker and really... Uh, he he has it out for Roman, so he makes him sign something to say it's like a confession, and then he's not mm. going to use it because 
he's got something Roman's got something on him too and then he does use it anyway to mm. save himself and then later he saves Roman uh, what yeah that whole storyline was ridiculous I didn't even care about that by that point I was just like I just want this book to be over I don't care I was just angry I really was the was only thing angry. good about that's the guy's name Lieutenant Shane not Lieutenant mm. Dan Lieutenant mm. Dan Lieutenant Shane Lieutenant Dan the only thing good about him was that his, I like the name Shane. Okay. <laughs> That's it. It's All a nice right. name. Yeah. All right. Well, just to recap, I rated it a two. I can't remember if I said this already, but I rated it a two based solely on her writing. I don't really recommend this book unless you absolutely love Divine Rivals. Maybe you'll love this. You know, there's obviously a bunch of people who did love it and disagreed with me. However, I personally think that this book served no purpose and that you can just continue living your life never having read it. Yeah, you can continue living your life. <laughs> and you'll be perfectly fine. It's a two and a half, three for me, uh, somewhere in between. I guess it's a 275, which is yeah. perfect, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, it's just not in the realm of me wanting to ever read it again. It wasn't a book I loved or enjoyed. It's a book I'm going to forget about tomorrow. It's a book that I would have probably DNF'd if I could. It was a book that just made me feel nothing. And that's mm -hmm. sad. I wouldn't even, ha I could have DNF'd this because I would have predicted that they would have been fine in the end. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, certain people get get killed, but there was no development from, I, I just, I hated it. I'm sorry. I don't like it. It wasn't for me uh, and I don't recommend it. So sorry, not sorry. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> If it could be a nail color, do you want to do our category? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, fine. <laughs> sure. All right. If um, it could be a nail color? If it could be a nail color, uh, like a dull beige. Okay. That's good. Mm. I like that, actually. Yeah. I am going to say just brown. Yeah. Just brown. Like a dark poop brown. <laughs> brown. <laughs> Baby poop brown. Yes. Uh, what's uh, next? You movie, the list? Yeah, movie or TV show? Anything with Emma Roberts? <laughs> okay. I really don't know. I don't know. That, yes, yes. That movie with Emma Roberts and that star-studded cast that sucked. It was Susan Sarandon was in it. Uh, Kevin Costner. Everybody was sleeping with each other. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no right, idea. Well, good for you. Just okay. don't watch it. I watched it on a plane one day and I was like, what am I watching? It was terrible. <laughs> And okay. that movie. I don't know the name of it because it blocked it out. Just like I'm going to do with this book. So there you go. Okay. I am going to say for me, it's the last season of Dexter or the last season of Game of Thrones. Just super disappointing and mm -hmm. underwhelming and not fun. Perfect. Yeah. All right. How about a character from a show or movie or a movie quote? You know why. You know why. Um, I'm going to say that for a character, there's the show What We Do in the Shadows. It's a comedy about vampires. And one of <laughs> the characters. say What We Do in the Shower. No. That's, like you're obsessed that's, with the shower today. That's, that's the Jessica Biel show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a character on the show. He's an energy vampire and he just sucks the energy out of people. Like, like out a of succubus? Play. Yeah. And but just in like a funny way, because it's a comedy. So I'm going to say this book is that character because it just sucked the life out of me. It sucked the energy out of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about a song? Oh, God. 
I like music too much. Yeah. Uh, it would have to be something super whiny. Yeah. For me, I'm going to say it's that song, Friday, Friday, Oh, gotta get down on Friday. Because what is the point of that song? I hate it. that's, that's And the worst song ever. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> That's right up there with Let Me Smell Yo Dick. I hate that song. 7am waking up in the morning gotta be fresh gotta go downstairs gotta have my bowl gotta have cereal seeing everything the time is going ticking on and on everybody's rushing gotta get down to the bus stop gotta catch my bus i see my friends kicking in the front seat sitting in the back seat gotta make my mind up which Yeah, it's got to be something whiny, like, uh, why aren't you here? <laughs> Remember me. I don't know. I made that uh, Blink-182 song. Don't waste your time Your time on me. on me. You're You're already. already. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the song. Perfect. All right. Perfect. All right. How about a meal cookie or baked item? A baked potato <laughs> with nothing on it. Ew. Bland, boring, just, <laughs> just there. yeah. No salt, no sour cream, nothing on there. No cheese, nada. Okay, I I was thinking similar to similarly to you, but I was thinking just like plain kale, not cooked, just plain, not even washed, not even Bitter. washed. <laughs> Bitter. Ugh. However, Yes. I will say that dried kale is delicious. Yes. But I have to put some seasoning. If there's no seasoning, it's this book. Yes. <laughs> All right, if this <laughs> book could be a superlative. oh, God. There's just so many. Worst book about gods. Um, most Most underdeveloped book. Most underwhelming book. most ruthless read of the year. Most disappointing book of the year so far. Yeah. The vows may be ruthless, but the gods aren't. I don't know. They weren't they weren't ruthless though. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> That's what you said. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. yes, yes. Thank you, Alex, for agreeing with me <laughs> so passionately. All right, how about an animal bug or mythical creature? What's an underwhelming bug that no one cares about? It's just there. I'm gonna say either like a ladybug or Nope, a pretty nope, beetle. nope, nope. Ladybugs are too pretty. Absolutely No, not. but that's what it is. It's pretty, but it I don't like That it. is my favorite bug and the only bug I will let crawl on me. Okay, well, then I'd say a pretty beetle. It's I wouldn't pretty. let this bug crawl on me. Yeah, I mean, there's Yeah. some pretty beetles, but It's it's like, you don't want you're, it near you. you're pretty, but don't touch me, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Just, you know, that bug that's just there. I don't Okay. know. And he's just like, oh, look, there's a bug and nobody cares. Maybe like a stink bug? Or the bug from the Raya and the Last Dragon movie. The Tootin' Bug. Okay. You know, the one that just like, it's like, oh, you're excited to see it because it looks like it's going to be pretty, but then it just explodes Yeah. because it's like it sucked. I Yeah. don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's tell everyone what we're <laughs> going to be reading next, because hopefully it's going to be better. yeah, seriously. <laughs> We had a good conversation. <laughs> 
so join us again this Tuesday, uh, the 6th, when we'll be reviewing Before I Let Go, a second chance romance novel written by author uh, Kennedy Ryan. Heard amazing things about this. Super excited uh, to help us get ready for the month of Louvre. All right. Mm -hmm. And join us again next Thursday on the 8th for a hotty episode. And don't forget that we did start our book club, No Shelf Control. Our second book and our book of the month for February will be Christina Lauren's romance novel, Love and Other Words. And that episode will be airing on Wednesday, February 28th. So tune in for that. Yeah, I'm excited to read that too, actually. I'm looking forward to our upcoming lineup. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Before I Let Go and some of the other books. Love and Other Words, I'm excited, but I'm the least excited of the upcoming books, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I'm still excited about it. I do like I just, Christina Lauren. Just notice that we are not, we haven't been singing the No Shelf Control song. Yeah, for, for your benefit. <laughs> for your ears, so they don't bleed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just remember, ground control, no shelf control. That's all you get. Okay. We won't we won't give you the others. <laughs> All we'll right. Do. Well, we'll see you guys tomorrow for our potty sode and tune in next week when we get into the next novel. Yes. Yes. And sorry that we ranted, but you know, <laughs> it happens sometimes. Yeah. yeah. All right. You have a great day. Happy reading. Yep. Bye. Bye. For everyone just tuning in, this is what you can expect from our podcast. We'll be releasing new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And we'll have a new book of the month on the last Wednesday of every month. We encourage you to reach out to us with thoughts, ideas, questions, and feedback. You can reach us at She's All Booked Podcast at gmail.com. As always, all books we review will be available at our link in bio or by visiting linktr.ee slash she's all booked. We do make a small commission from any purchases you make using that link. So thank you to all who support us. And of course, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We really appreciate each and every one of you. If no one told you today, you're important and valued. You belong here. You're doing great. And we believe in you. This chapter may be over. But the story goes on. So stick a bookmark in us. Ouch. And we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>